Hi, welcome back to another episode of Ask Lattice. Uh, I'm here today and I've uh, replaced Tom with someone with a much better haircut. So Ella's here to help answer some of your questions. Um, we're going to go through a load of different topics and most of them about getting back to climbing after being uh, stuck in lockdown and trying to get back to a high level of performance. So first question then is, what habits do we find that disrupt training the most apart from doing stuff that isn't on the plan? So what do we think that upsets anyone's training or getting outside apart from just doing additional climbing? Ella, you want yeah. to start us off? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good question because we could spend quite a long time talking about those who, and including myself, who want to do more than is set by their coach. Uh, but I think in terms of other habits to think about, one of them actually is overthinking your training. So that can be quite disruptive in your mind in terms of the focus that you can apply during your session and constantly monitoring, oh, how do I feel on this particular hang? Or, oh, that doesn't feel quite as easy as it did last week. Or, oh, I'm gonna fail earlier than I did last week. So all of these kind of thoughts that can come up in your head whilst you're doing the session, so what I like to call that overthinking, I think can be quite disruptive to your focus and can mean that you overanalyze and you don't actually put in the, the focus and the intention to the actual session itself. I don't know whether you get that. Yeah, I've seen that so much over the years where people are walking away from every session and they judge their entire climbing performance based on that session alone. And you see it a lot with, um, so I can see stuff in so the crimp tap with some of our users and the notes they make and you can see oh i only did it with 35 pounds additional i did 38 last week uh, i suck or like really negative comments and you're thinking oh but it was just one session it's week three you're really fatigued or like at the moment you're just starting to go outside you're going to get a bit more fatigue from potentially going back to work as well and you can't just base all of your performances on that one session and overthink it all the time. So yeah, that's one of the biggest ones to see. So sort of logging your sessions and logging your training is one of the best ways to avoid that and just take note of all the feelings like as a general overview and look at the big picture. Because I think day by day, we spend a bit too much time getting bogged down by things. Um, I'd say the other side would be, based on that, is just changing goals all the time. Because if you are changing goals, you can never be consistently working towards something and looking for those improvements. And this is something that's probably quite um, prevalent at the moment with people thinking about what to do and where to go. And this is one of the other questions we've got to come on to, is the fact that if you're changing goals and you're trying to train towards it, that stimulus is never gonna be consistently trained and improved upon. So like, you've had it, haven't you, over the years where people are kind of going outside, doing a bit of sport, and then they go, actually, I wanna go bouldering. Yep. Yep. Or, you know, for example, in England at the moment and in many other countries around the world, we are allowed to climb outdoors. And so we're going to local spots, getting on our first rock climb, whether that be a sport climb or a boulder, and then developing a project fairly quickly and deciding, right, we're going to make a beeline for that. And I want to make sure that I can do everything to send that. And that's perfectly OK except don't forget to always take that step back, I think, and, and work out, okay, is this helping me towards what I really want to do uh, and what my overall goal is? So I think keeping the bigger picture in mind is definitely worthwhile. And, and also, I think for me, 
what goes hand in hand with overthinking and potentially switching your goals up quickly like that is the tinkering around the edges with your sessions. So you might think, well, I'm just going to adjust this week's session because actually my goal is this this week. So I think I should put a bit more effort into my anaerobic pasty session, for example. But without thinking, well, hang on a sec, is that really what I want to be doing right now? So I think that, that temptation to tinker uh, and change your training is, is something to always be mindful of as well. Yeah, because if, you, if you're trying to think about, okay, I'm going outside, which sessions are most important to me? I have to get those done. So say your goal is something quite fingery, finger intensive, you're going to make sure you keep all your fingerboard or board sessions there and then climbing outside is fun so you might drop uh, some other sessions like aerobic capacity or anaerobic capacity but if your goal changes week by week the sessions that you drop are going to change week by week so the actual training you get done is also going to change week by week so that tinkering with your own plan and tinkering with your aims and your goals is always going to muck stuff up and it's going to stop that sort of linear pattern of trying to work towards slow measurements of improvement and that's when that over analysis comes in, isn't it? When you're sort of going, oh, oh I fingerboarded this like three weeks ago and I can't do it now. But actually, you've probably not done that session in three weeks if you're changing your goal all the time. Yeah. Cool. So there are a couple of the main habits that we do. So next question. Um, so big one at the moment is how do I choose a goal with an unknown future of travel? So people are thinking about they've got they've had plans for the year they've had probably trips booked as well a lot of people have had their trips cancelled and now if we're trying to pick a goal based on somewhat similar we've just gone through is how do you choose a goal at the moment considering you don't know what's going to be open or what sort of travel is going to be allowed and um, fingers crossed it'll all be open and everything will be safe but um what do you think we should recommend in terms of picking a goal at the moment well i think i think that's a real tough one and it's quite personal as well in terms of what your own motivations are for climbing. I think maybe a good way for me to approach it is to think, well, how am I approaching my goals and how is my partner approaching his goals in our household? And we're a big fan of lists. So we're quite lucky in that we've got lots of locations around the world where we've created wish lists of, for us, sport climbs that we really want to go and do. And so for us at the moment, it's a case of, well, we are really motivated to go abroad and climb in places like uh, Verdun in France and in Spain. So some longer endurance style routes. However, it's going to be some time, I think, realistically, before we're allowed to travel abroad and do that. So at the moment, we've almost sort of taken a step back and thought, well, what can we get on locally? And for us, that's kind of shorter endurance routes. Um, real power endurance focus so what we're doing with our planning is thinking well when we are allowed to go abroad let's extend the envelope on that a little bit further so let's go to some areas and some regions where we can really work on that short endurance and then build up the longer endurance gradually um, because I think it'll be quite hard for us where we are to train for that longer endurance it's not impossible and it's definitely something that you can train for if that's what you're really, really motivated before. But we are taking a more organic sort of gradual approach. And that's how we're approaching it. I don't know about you. Yeah, we've, we've kind of done something similar myself and uh, my partner where we've, we've kind of stuck with the stimulus that we want to train or so we're both looking at trad climbing at the moment <clears throat> or building into that eventually. So starting off with a bit of sport at the moment and bouldering as we've been allowed out and then building into trad. But what we've tended to do is we've, and I've told a lot of my clients this at the moment, and they've found it quite useful, is we've created a map of, say, the UK to begin with, and 
kind of like having those places around the world. You pick a load of destinations you want to go to and even some routes there we want to do. And just going, okay, what are we allowed to do at the moment? Okay, probably staying within the region, doing day trips. So we've got a load of options there depending on the conditions and how we feel on the day. As we're allowed to travel a bit more, uh, potentially just nationally and going away for weekends, uh, we'll look to other places. And once again, we can choose between all those destinations and just base it on the weather really and base it on the conditions and how we feel. So that might be on the south coast, it might be in Wales when that opens up and it might be in, up in the north coast of Scotland whilst we're traveling nationally. And then, like you say, we've got places around Europe and around the world where eventually we'll start to go to. Um, for us, we're just kind of basing it on that general climate of mostly trad. Um, but as stuff opens up, we're going to base it on location more than anything. But having those kind of like your top priority goals and like the ideal places you want to go is great, but also having backup options is really important. So at the moment, if you go somewhere and it's really busy and it's consistently going to be busy or say your governing body in the country that you're in is recommending not to go there. I mean, that's happening here in the UK is it's good to have sort of B-class goals, which are not your ideal situation, but you're still going to be really happy being able to go there, have a go at them. And whether that's on site, in red points, in whatever you're doing, it's kind of like another option available for you. Yeah, I completely agree. So I think it's really about being more flexible than we're used to, isn't it? Because in the past, we've gone to climbing areas and it may be that we have to share a route or queue up for a route. And at the moment, the atmosphere is quite different. So I think it's, yeah, being prepared, like Ollie said, to have a number of options locally. And if you don't have options locally, it's going to be more of an indoor focus for you and thinking about, okay, where are the options likely to become available in the near future and then the slightly longer term? And then using that as a motivation for your indoor training whilst you're waiting. And if you're really struggling with these sort of goals about where to go in the specific climbing you want to do, please keep in mind there's still training goals to be had. So at the moment, a lot of us are just going outside and trying to have as much fun as possible and not putting too much stress on it. That's something I'd really recommend as you're getting used to it again. But those training goals that we've talked about in previous episodes about setting yourself small increments and trying to improve in just a couple of areas, say fingerboarding, because most people have fingerboards at home. That's a great thing to keep up. So go outside, enjoy yourself, start picking some goals in different areas, but don't just write off all the training goals because if you want to find uh, constant improvements and feel like you're accomplishing something, that's a great way to do it. And it takes the pressure off actually doing anything outside and sending problems or climbs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you have, like myself, some bigger, longer term goals and it's going to be some time before you can get back on those, I've been finding it quite motivating to watch videos of other climbers on the, the sort of big goals that I've got in the back of my mind that I probably realistically won't be getting on this year. And it's quite good for the psych just to watch those. And then for me, it's visualizing my memory of the moves on those projects as well. And that really helps to fuel those training sessions at the moment. Cool. So speaking of training sessions then, um, We've been asked this before actually, uh, but I thought it might be quite good to put a little spin on it is, how do we coaches keep notes of our training? Uh, so specifically the notes on the training and do we do this for outside climbing as well? So I know you're, like you said, a good list maker and particularly good at making notes. Um, so how, how do you do it personally? Yeah, yeah, I love my notebook. I, um, 
I take a real pleasure in when one's running out of space. I search for one that I really like uh, just because I find it attractive and I buy it. And then I make motivational notes in the front of it so that I flick through that every time I'm recording my training. So I'm very analog. Uh, I've seen some excellent uh, uh, online ones that clients have produced with Google Sheets, etc., that I really like. And I think I will transition to that. But at the moment, I'm still very much in the handwritten domain. And in terms of what I right i obviously write down the session that i'm doing so what is the stimulus at the top so if it's max strength fingerboard i will just write that and then i'll put down what i've done how many sets how many reps how much weight etc and how much time and then also how much rest between because sometimes i've looked back over my training diaries over the last few years and i've seen oh actually for that phase of max hangs i only took two minutes rest whereas this phase i'm taking three minutes rest and actually it's feeling like I can do, I can try a lot harder and I, I can access that top end better. So that's quite useful. And then also for me, it's monitoring how I feel during that session. I think it's really important. It's not just the what have you done, but also how you felt when you did it. And that can vary for me. Sometimes I'll put a sort of one to 10 type of scale on how fatigued I've felt during the session, um, but also how hard I felt like I had to try as well. So sometimes I'll just feel really worked and really tired and I'll make that note. And then also for me, I will write down rest days because I like to monitor on my rest days just how tired I feel after the preceding day of training. And then also write down if I've had any niggles in the background. Usually I find that 24 hours later is when I start to notice any swelling or any issues coming up. So I'll make a note of that. So if I, if I have a, a niggle that's concerning me or it's not going away, uh, then I can look back over the previous couple of weeks and go, okay, yeah, there's a trend here where it seems to be stalemating or getting a bit worse. And that's when it's usually a cue to think, okay, yeah, I need to do something different with my training. How about you? So, well, what, like with the notebook, do you do it as a, as a notebook, as a diary? I always wonder that. Do you have the dates at the top or do you write the dates? So I do the day of the week, but just the, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I just write the M, T, W, and then I'll put the date by it as well. Yeah. And then I'll just write. I'm a bit of a writer, though, so I put quite a lot of text down. Yeah. I always, I used to love doing notebooks, but I'm that sort of person where if it starts to go wrong, I need to tear the whole thing out and start again. So I ended up just wasting too many books. Um, then I transitioned to doing Excel sheets, which uh, I loved. And it was based on the training sheets that we use here. Um, and it's the same thing in terms of looking at those patterns and feelings. And then now I've transitioned to using the crimp tab just because... I spend a lot of my life on my phone in terms of work and communicating with clients. So it becomes the easiest way for me to keep track of things. And it's quite an easy thing for me to see the graphs. But once again, the, the biggest uh, thing that I find useful is that little notes bit on each session. And that is looking at how did I feel and also trying to understand like sort of lessons for the future and kind of like, it's a little bit of that uh, self-empathy. Uh, uh, self um, and kind of going, actually, do you know what? I have had a really hard week. Um, I didn't think I'd done much. I'm kind of getting frustrated with myself that I had a really bad session or I've gone outside and I've, I've not performed very well. But actually, if I look throughout the entire week, I've done quite a lot and I've been really pushing together, done considering I've worked so much. So that kind of record and upon the notes itself is really useful to go through. And when you look at all the sessions that you record on the history, that's when you can see them all lined up. So you can see whether they're constantly making you feel better or worse. And that's a really good indication for me. Um, 
And that's something I've just found super useful. And if I can see any of my, the people I work with and any athletes I have, asking them how they feel about it and great, that's, that's awesome. They're, they're having a great time. And then the week after they're really struggling, like that thing we said at the start about judging themselves in one session. It's a good reminder for me to go, look, just have a look at your notes. You even said to me last week, I've got a WhatsApp message saying I felt great this week. So I can really go back and show them that actually they're being a little bit harsh on themselves. Yeah, completely. I think that feedback process and that self-reflection is, is crucial, isn't it? To being consistent and, and realising that if you put that work in in the longer term, that's going to pay off rather than just getting really worried that you've had a short period where your performance has not been quite where you expected it to be. Um, so yeah, really good for that. So talking about self-empathy and uh, giving yourself a little bit of a respite from judgment is um, we've been asked about what should we do now that we've put on weight during lockdown. So I think the national statistics or there's some guesswork online has said that uh, the average person has put on two to three kilos during lockdown and um, obviously I know a lot of climbers are sensitive to this and the question for us is um, what should we do about it effectively? Should we worry about it or should we just go back to climbing normally and see what happens? So I know we've discussed this quite a lot within the team and generally it's just a point of a joke for us, but we do understand that quite a few people are worried about it. So um, what do you think? I mean, we've personally gone through this, haven't we, a little yep. bit? Yep, I've definitely, uh, well, I actually avoided the scales for quite a long time and then I was out of curiosity more than anything. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've definitely fallen to that average. Um, and actually, it, it, I'm surprised, I'm not that bothered and I'm not that worried because you and I have started going out climbing again, uh, obviously not together or social distance if we do. Um, but it, I'm not that worried because I've noticed since we have been going out climbing again that I'm just moving so much more and feel and I've already lost weight on that basis. So I think as we get back into climbing outside, we'll be moving more anyway. And I think a lot of a lot of that weight will shift fairly quickly. And also being mindful of the fact, do we actually need to lose that weight? Because have we been training in a way where we've been inducing hypertrophy and making strength gains anyway? And for some of us during the lockdown, we might well have been, particularly if we haven't been training that beforehand. So I think it's not automatically assuming that weight gain equals something that has to be lost. Um, and I think also not worrying if it isn't something that's that useful uh, weight gain wise because as we climb more it, w it will come off naturally anyway how about you how are you feeling about it oh so i, I put on a lot more than the average if i'm being <laughs> honest uh, i have not held back in the slightest um but i do think that's a really good point is um i don't fall into this category but a lot of people are doing strength training and more strength training than they used to and um, so that putting on muscle without doing all the extra um energy expenditure of traveling to work and doing different activities and also doing more mileage that you might do at the wall is going to increase hypertrophy in the general population of climbers so once again you need to ask yourself is that muscle actually a bad thing a lot of people could really do with it in the specific areas for climbers which they need or in in those antagonist muscles so they're becoming a lot more balanced so don't always assume that weight gain is a bad thing um, for me, like I said, I, I've put on more than the average, unfortunately, but I'm actually okay with it. I'm not too bothered at the moment. I'm not sure I need to peak anytime soon because 
I've already missed a couple of trips during this period. Um, my next sort of goals are looking towards right at the end of the year. I don't need to worry about being in top form right now. And actually, since I've stopped worrying about it as much, I've got a lot more energy than normal. I'm feeling psyched to go outside and I'm kind of not stressing about it because like the same as yourself, I've just moving so much more in daily life, coming down to, to the office a bit more and actually just being a bit more active now that we're allowed out. And I think the weight will come off anyway, back to my normal baseline, which is an extremely healthy level. So yeah, it's... Um, something that a lot you're not on your own if you're worried about it and there's no reason why you shouldn't focus on improving your nutrition but losing weight is a subject that you need to really think about and it's not something to get too bogged down by or be too harsh on yourself yeah i mean none of us here at lattice are advocating crash dieting and it's nothing that we're going to be doing so you know i think that healthy mindset is is one to try and sort of instill and, and maintain in the long term yeah. to be honest yeah, so we won't be releasing a lose five pounds in five days training plans anytime soon. No. No. <laughs> Great. So that's another episode and uh, we're going to be releasing a few more of these soon. And so keep in touch with the YouTube channel, like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you very soon. Cheers. Bye.